0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church. Or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Options. You have lots of options. And um, today, you lot options. Uh, I suddenly realised that I've got a pair of smart greenish type shoes and I've worn a green shirt and blue trainers. That was a bad start to the day, wasn't it? Those options weren't good. But what choices or options are currently ahead of you personally? or ahead of you as a family, or maybe even think further ahead of us as a church, ahead of us as a country. What options are there? Some of them may seem very appealing, and some of them may not seem very appealing. We've had options in front of us as family over the years uh, as, in how to help people. And actually, I didn't know Barry was gonna be here this morning, but um, we had an option as to whether or not Barry stayed in a tent on a rainy April weekend or whether we said, oh, come and stay. We've got a space where Auntie Glenn's house was. It's not great, but it's better for the weekend than you staying in a tent. So we had an option to say, come on, Barry, we'll put you up in this this granny flat for a weekend. Well, a weekend turned into 18 months. (laughs) But actually, that option has blessed us, I think, most of the time. You know, Barry is seen as part of the family. He was a present at my children's wedding because they were so adamant that they wanted him there um, because he was always just hanging around, you know. But actually, we had the option to choose to do that. And actually, as I say, that's been a blessing to us. And I think it's been a blessing to him. But also, it's not always been perfect. It's not always been great. And he's done okay. But it doesn't mean he's perfect. It doesn't mean that that option has sorted him out for life but it was an option to be hospitable. So after having Barry, we, we did the same option, and we chose somebody else who said, oh, I could do with somewhere to stay. And in that time, that person stole from us, oops, hurt us, did things that they shouldn't have done. And actually, at one point, it was a very different outcome. Same option, same choice, but a different outcome. And actually, wouldn't it be easy if all our options we knew were going to end? Yeah? Wouldn't it be great if we knew that we chose that option and it was safe and secure? You know? If it wasn't for Barry, we wouldn't have done it for somebody else. And now I think, I wish we hadn't done it for Barry because I'm 800 (laughs) quid now. But no, I don't think that at all. But no wonder that we're fearful of making the wrong choice. Because actually, one wrong choice can totally change where our life goes. You know, Moses... One time, God told him to strike a rock so that water would come out, and it did. The next time, God said, speak to it. But instead, he went, well, last time it worked when I hit it. So in anger, he hit the rock and it came. And God, actually, that choice to do something that was not great ended up with Moses not receiving the promise of entering into the promised land. So actually those options might be ahead of you today and we need to be really careful because actually those choices can damage our future, they can damage our legacy, they can damage the promise of God in our lives. We've been looking at Ruth and we end this short series on Ruth of four chapters looking at the options that are presented and realising that we actually have the same options in front of us today. So as we look at something from thousands of years ago, we realise that the options ahead of us today are very similar. So, the difference here is that only one option will lead to fullness and fruit. There's only one option that will lead to fullness and fruitfulness. The other option will just go to disappointment and emptiness. So let's read Ruth chapter 4. We're going to read it in chunks. So if you've got your Bible with you, we're going to read from verses 1 to 6. If you haven't got your Bible, the verses should come up behind me. So Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 to 6 says this. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there, just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here, I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, there's a bit, of a, a bit of a catch, Boaz says, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. In other words, once you accept this property that you want, this field that you want, you get a wife. Okay? Wouldn't that be awkward if you went to buy a house and you suddenly went, well, you can buy the house... But actually, the mother-in-law's staying, okay? That would be awkward, wouldn't it? That's the deal that's going on here. So what does the guardian redeemer say to Boaz? At this, the guardian redeemer said that I can't redeem it. (laughs) No, thank you. No, no, no. I can't redeem it um, uh, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I can't do it. So in other words, if if the guardian redeemer chose to take Ruth on as a wife, He risks his own stuff. There's a risk involved. Yes, he might gain, but actually there's a risk involved and he is not prepared to take the option of the risk. He's not prepared to go down that path. So remember, uh, those of you who were here last week will have heard Ramin. Can I just say, I had lunch with Ramin on the Monday. So when he says he doesn't know what I look like, and I said to him, Ramin, don't you dare say it's because you know, I don't want to listen to you. It's just I know he's local, and we had a wedding to do at short notice. And I said, Ramin, I know you'll do it for me. Thank you. And uh, he said, no, I won't say that. And I know he did. But anyway, that's by the by. Sorry. If you weren't there, don't worry. But remember from last week, Ruth is waiting to see what Boaz will do. Ruth, the foreigner, Ruth, the nobody, Ruth, the outsider, Ruth, the one that's been pushed down but has chosen to faithfully follow her mother-in-law, is waiting. She's waiting. She has no control. She has no real option. She has no say at this moment in time over what's going to happen. But actually, her mother-in-law, who is a God-fearing woman, says confidently... It'll happen today. It'll happen today. Boaz will sort it. She had confidence in this man to redeem her. She had confidence that Boaz would get it right. So we have two options here. Ruth can be redeemed by Boaz and be married to Boaz, and Boaz can own the field, but then also all that is Boaz's can go to Ruth, or Ruth can be redeemed by this other unnamed gentleman, and actually one wants the land but he isn't prepared to love. One of them wants the stuff, but he isn't prepared to save. One of them doesn't want the responsibility. So there's two options here. It's rights or relationship. We have the same option today for us. It's our rights or our relationship. We can choose to say, well, it's my right to do this. It's my right to do the other. Or we can choose to say, actually, it's more important that I have a relationship with a saviour, with a redeemer. It's more important that I walk alongside somebody who loves me. It's the difference between the law and the love of God. That's what the option is here. It's the law that God has given or the love of God. Which would you choose this morning? Which option would you choose? Would you choose the law, the rules that we go, right, we've got to follow these rules, or would you choose to say, no, I'm going to choose the love of God. I'm going to choose the relationship with Jesus. The law said that this man could have the land, but it also said you get a wife. You know, there was a catch. There was a risk. If he marries Ruth, he could lose everything he already has in order to be able to love. There's a risk that he loses everything he's already got in order to love. Can you see how that option is still the same today? You've got a choice this morning You can choose to come into a relationship with Jesus. Or you can choose to say, no, it's too risky because in coming into a relationship with Jesus, I might risk some of that stuff that I really want to hold on to. In order to come in with a relationship with Jesus, I might lose some of those rights because actually I'm going to pass my rights on to Him and say, I will follow you no matter what. I will pick up my cross daily. I will choose to love even when it's hard. I will choose to forgive even when I don't want to. That's the option that is there. This chapter, the last chapter of Ruth, is all about being redeemed. Redeemed is a bit of an old-fashioned word. It means to be bought back. So actually, somebody has redeemed you. They've bought you back with a price. I told you about Barry coming to stay with us. Barry was a good boy most of the time. The other person who we chose to have afterwards, we ended up... Having to, I ended up having to go to one of the pawn shops in town, P A W N, I don't want to stress. (laughs) I had to go to one of the pawn shops in town and I had to spend around £800 to get the stuff back that he'd sold there. And actually, I did that because it wasn't my stuff and actually it needed to be bought back. I redeemed that stuff, I paid the price so that actually the stuff could return where it was meant to be. That is what redeeming is. I redeemed those things. You know, you can have an option. We are born physically alive, but spiritually dead. We're born disconnected from the God who longs for relationship with us. That's what the Bible teaches, that we are born with that disconnect. And God is desperate, so desperate that he gave his only son that we would be redeemed. The price was paid so you could be brought back from death and sin into fullness of life. Yeah. So here we see that picture of being redeemed. We have been taken by the enemy and we all need to be redeemed. If you're a Christian this morning, you've already been redeemed. Yet so often we keep jumping back into that pawn shop. And going, actually, I want what my stuff was. I want my stuff back. Yes, there is a risk in relationship. There's always a risk in any relationship. But God says, do you trust me? And I think God who made the universe has got big enough hands for me to trust. Certainly bigger and better than my hands. (laughs) Bigger and better than my heart. So there's two options here as we look at the beginning of Ruth. There's law or love. There's rules or relationships. That's the options ahead of us, and the Ten Commandments in, in Exodus gave people an option, a law, to live by the law. And if you could stick to every single one of those Ten Commandments, then guess what? You've made it to God's standard. The law was designed to point out our mistakes. And not one of us could say that we've stuck to them all. Let's start with, you know, do not covet your neighbor's ass. Well, we haven't got anyone with asses next door. Don't be jealous. Don't be so jealous that you want to destroy somebody or steal something. But actually, let's go to the top of the list. Don't put any other God before God. I think all of us have put things before God. Whether it's ourselves, whether it's our work, whether it's our home life, whether it's our leisure, whether it's our relationships, whether it's the people we do business with, whatever it is. We've all broken one of those commandments, at least one. And so actually, the law only shows that we make mistakes. The law can't redeem us. The law can't buy you back from darkness into light. The law doesn't bring you into relationship, it's just rules. The law isn't about love, it's about guidance. Law is right, but love brings relationship. So at the beginning of Ruth, we see that love is what it's all about. Boaz knows the law. He knows the rights. And so he offers this man an option. And he says, you can do it before me. You've got more rights than me. You've got more option than me. Will you do it? And the man goes, yeah, I want that land. Oof, I'll have the stuff. Maybe some of us this morning want the stuff that goes with having a relationship with God. You know, we want the, we want the promise of eternal life with him. We want the promise of blessing. But maybe some of us struggle to say, actually, I want a day-by-day-by-day-by-day-by-day by day by day by day by day relationship where I walk with him. Maybe some of us just want to give our, get our ticket into heaven or into the new world, whatever, whatever your theology is, into the new earth or the new whatever. But actually, maybe that's all we want. You know, we're not interested in all the stuff that comes with it. We're not interested in building a relationship. We've just sung, and I think it's quite, it's a favourite of yours, that Barry, isn't it? That song, Yeah build my life we've just sung it i will build my life on you my god it is a firm foundation it might be a risk because you're thinking what do i have to give up in order to do that but actually what's a risk when you've got a firm foundation where's the risk when actually you can stand on him when the storms come when the rain blows when the wind comes when actually chaos comes against you we can stand firm on jesus Because he's already paid the price. He's the one who says, come to me all who are heavy burden. I will give you rest. Come to me, my yoke is easy. This morning, your choice is law or love, rights or relationship. And you can choose to turn them all down. But God says, I love you. Then we have a choice of fear or faith. You know, Boaz is willing to publicly proclaim his love for Ruth in a public environment he's willing to stand there and say I want to redeem not just the land I don't want just the stuff that comes with Ruth I want Ruth and the risk to my own family the risk to my own stuff the risk to things I've built up I want Ruth I don't care I love her and so Boaz has no fear he simply has a faith that Ruth is the best option What risks are there today to choosing love? To choosing love over all? To choosing love of Father God? You know, there's a banner at the front of the Keswick Convention every year that says, all one in Christ Jesus. It's by love that we're known as disciples. It's by our grace. God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's compassion that people will see something different in us. We can choose faith or fear. Ruth chapter four goes on to say this, verses seven to 10. Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Baraz, buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Marlon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Marlon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. He did it so that his name would not disappear. When we choose Jesus, we do it and we get to be called Christians. We we take his name. Which would you rather follow, Christ or Ian? (laughs) Because actually Ian's not going to save you. Jesus will. We have an option today of a redeemer who's given his all for you. Just like Boaz was giving his all for Ruth. And we see this bizarre transaction. Have you ever done a swap? Yeah? What have you swapped? Books for another book. Yeah, yeah. Any other swaps? Any significant swaps? Anyone been on Wife Swap, the program, maybe? Who knows? Who knows? Joel used to have piano lessons with Stella McKeever. for those of you who are older to remember Stella. And uh, Stella had told him that she was going on location, 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 and he came home and said, oh, Stella's going on Wife Swap. I don't know. (laughs) I don't quite know where he got that from. But actually, yeah, swaps are interesting, aren't they? I remember reading a book, and I think I've mentioned it before, it's called One Red Paperclip. And it's the story of a man who decided one day he was going to try and upgrade from a paperclip to a house. And actually, he did it. So he swapped a paperclip for something else, swapped something else for something else, something else to something else. And eventually, by the end, and this is a true story, he ended up with a house. And all he started with was one red paperclip. That's impressive, isn't it? Here, we see Boaz and this kinsman redeemer... The man takes off his sandal and goes, there you go, you can have the land. Swaps his sandal for his rights. And actually, it gives you a hint that even early readers might have been confused about this because it says, in early days, this is how it used to be. So even some of the early readers of the Bible would read this and go, what? Why is he taking off his shoe? And there's different reasons for that. Sandals play an important part in various Bible stories, yeah? So Moses... Took off his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. So, in some ways, the sandals maybe it represents that we need to get near to God. So, to take off our sandals gets us nearer to God. Gets us, in other words, the dirt on our feet, the places we walk through in life, the situations we go through in life, can sometimes hinder us from getting near to God. And it's symbolic. There aren't, aren't that big a problem to God. You know, if you've got your shoes on this morning, don't worry. Okay. It's not a problem. I'd much rather you kept them on because otherwise, when we get to the summer, the smell will be unbearable, especially the the day after the Keswick and Coniston to Barrow, I would think. So sandals were important. It's a symbol maybe of getting near to God, the deal before God that was made holy. Sandals also weren't worn by slaves. They were only worn by sons. So by taking the sandal off, in some ways you're saying, I I don't want to be a son. I don't want to be in relationship. So maybe that was part of the deal. I don't want to be in relationship. You can have the field and you can have the wife. I don't want to be in relationship. And finally, another thing is the fact that the, you know, the prodigal son was given sandals because he was a son. So here we see that sandals were swapped or exchanged or one man took his shoe off. One of the explanations I've read is that this kinsman redeemer, this guardian redeemer, is renouncing the right to walk the land he could own because it would be difficult to walk across the land in bare feet. It would be uncomfortable, it would be rocky. So he's saying, I am relinquishing my rights. I am laying down my ability to walk that land. Either way, this man doesn't choose love. Boaz, on the other hand, proclaims love. He's willing to go beyond his own measure in order to redeem this nobody. What does this passage in Ruth tell us today? It says, God makes somebody's out of nobodies. God makes somebody's out of nobodies. God doesn't care about your background, your past. God doesn't care about your current circumstances, but he does care about your future. And actually, he does care about what happens now onwards. And he says, I want you to have that relationship with me so you can walk the land I'm giving you so that actually I can do it. And he actually wants us to choose to be loved and to love him too. Let's carry on reading. Ruth chapter four, verses 11 to 12. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Shall we read that little bit again? may you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Ruth, the nobody. Ruth, the outsider. Ruth, the foreigner. Ruth, the one who everybody would look down on. Ruth, the enemy. This prayer is a prayer of blessing over Boaz and Ruth's relationship that their offspring will be famous in Bethlehem. Who was their offspring? Eventually David, and then from David it was Jesus. They will be famous in Bethlehem because of their love for one another. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, Boaz, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So all of a sudden we go from a political situation to prayer. And I believe that's what God wants us to do, to to, to go from those situations to prayer. The gate was the place for legalities. It was the place for discussion, but these were clearly godly men and recognized the need to pray. Recognized the need to pray. Not just to seal a deal of business, but to proclaim the name of God and his blessing and his presence. Do you know, if we're not doing it for God and with God, there really is no point. How often do we get focused on business instead of blessing? There's another option today in this passage. How often do we are focused on business instead of blessing? Here we see Boaz loving and people praying, not just following an empty set of rules that help point in the right direction, but actually accepting the love and accepting the one they need to lean on. What is their prayer for Ruth? That she will become famous in Bethlehem and that the offspring of Ruth will bring a family like that of Perez. Well, what's that all about? If I said to you, who's Perez, who's going to to put your hand up? Quiz question. or Faye, you're just a swat. (laughs) One person out of the congregation, who's Perez, one person. So when we read that, we need to understand what the blessing of Perez would be, don't we? Otherwise, we sit there and go, well, that doesn't mean anything. And so often we can read the Bible and go, well, that doesn't mean anything. I don't understand it. Well, there's two things that Perez and the blessing of Perez was all about. Number one, Perez was an underdog, an outsider, a foreigner. So we see a similarity. Perez was a nobody. Perez was unimportant. But actually, she became a blessing, or he became a blessing, and his name means breach or breakthrough. So the prayer of blessing of Perez is about breakthrough, is about breaching resistance, is about coming against a wall that's an obstacle and breaking through. That's what the blessing of Perez was all about. So the blessing they pray for Ruth and Barz's family is that they will break through every barrier that stands against them as they walk in relationship with Jesus. What a blessing that is. Would you agree? Shouldn't we be praying for that blessing on ourselves? Maybe this morning you think you're an outsider. Maybe you think you're the underdog. Maybe you think you've been pushed down. Maybe you think you're a nobody. Maybe you think you're unimportant. So was Ruth. Sorry. (laughs) so was Ruth (laughs) so was Ruth so was Perez in fact so was Jesus in human form the blessing of Perez that they pray over Ruth and Boaz is that there will be breakthrough that there will be breakthrough that nothing will stand against them as family that nothing will stand against them in terms of their relationship with the God who is living is that a prayer we pray for ourselves is that a prayer we pray for our church? Is that a prayer we pray for other people this morning? I pray that Barry will have breakthrough in his life. Otherwise, what you know, it's a shame because he's such a good bloke, aren't most of the time. Sorry, Barry, I didn't mean—I didn't know you were coming this morning. But hey, but actually, Jesus has already broken through. So the blessing on Ruth and Boaz for breakthrough came in Jesus. Because Jesus has broken through sin. He's broken through death. He's broken through every obstacle that can stop you getting close to God. So that prayer of breakthrough has already come. But there's an option to receive it or to reject it. You know, God is a God of receiving. He's a God of acceptance. He's a God of saying, come on. Your past doesn't stand against you. What's happened doesn't matter. It's what's now and is to come that does. God is a God of breakthrough. Whatever you're facing this morning, whatever situation is coming against you, this chapter of Ruth tells us that God is a God of breakthrough. Ruth had to wait. She wasn't. She wasn't um, immediately helped by this. She was waiting on her own, not knowing what was going on. She was unsure, but her mother-in-law said, it will happen today. I can tell you that breakthrough will happen. I can't promise it's today, but I can promise if we choose love instead of law, if we choose relationship instead of rules, if we choose faith instead of fear, then breakthrough will come. As we walk in relationship, as we choose to allow God, if we take off our sandal and say, God, I renounce my rights to the land of my heart and I give you the relationship to walk across the land of my heart however you like. Then actually God will bring breakthrough. Do we believe that? Good. It might not be today. Might not be tomorrow, but it will come. That is the promise of God and that is the prayer of blessing of parents that there will be breakthrough. That there will be breakthrough. In life and Jesus has already redeemed us. Where are you expecting your breakthrough to come from? Are you expecting it to come from following rules, being good, following a routine, or are you expecting it to come from love? We cannot behave and feel our way into God's kingdom. All we can do is accept what's already been done. And He takes the sin away. He just He doesn't He doesn't leave it on us, it goes. He is the overcomer and breaker of change. You know, I started this series on Ruth by saying it was a story of going from empty to full. And actually, as we finish today, it finishes the book with this little passage from verse 13 to verse 17. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Notice it doesn't go on about the field. doesn't go on about the stuff. doesn't go on about the property. The next thing that's mentioned is the part ...that the other people saw as insignificant. It's the relationship. It's the relationship. It's not the stuff. The stuff is unimportant. We've, we've often talked in leadership about vision and vehicles. The ve- vision trumps everything. The vehicles can change. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive... ...and she gave birth to a son... the father of David. It goes on with the family tree. So Naomi in this story of Ruth goes from bitter at the beginning to blessed. How does she go from bitter to blessed? Because of relationship. Relationship with Ruth. Relationship with God. It says there, the Lord has not left her without. The Lord will renew. He will renew. He will restore. He will renovate. She has a new son in Boaz and a new grandson in Obed. It says he will sustain. Are you growing weary today? The Bible's promise is he will sustain. If it's God's, then it's good. And if it's God's, he will sustain. He will keep going. Why? Because Naomi is told, For you're loved. This morning, you are loved. Whatever you feel like, you are loved. What happens to Ruth in this story? Well, she goes from widow to wife. She goes from widow to wife. She started out losing and ended up by gaining everything she'd lost and more. Because another was willing to give himself for her. Does that sound familiar? She gained everything because another was willing to give himself for her. She went from barren, she had no children, to fruitful You know, she didn't have those children, and actually that would have been a shameful thing, but she goes from shameful to celebrated. She goes from being pushed down to being rejoiced over. Why? Because of relationship. Because of relationship. Ruth becomes fruitful. Well, what's the fruit that God can give you this morning and every day onwards? Well, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit That is what God promises us. Where are we seeing that fruit? Where are we looking for this fruit? Because it's only found in his Holy Spirit. It's only found when we allow him to redeem us and to choose the option daily. It's not just a one-off thing. We choose option daily to pick up our cross and to walk with him every day and to allow him to walk across the land of our heart by giving up our sandals and our rights and saying, God, take my heart, take my land, and bring me into relationship with you. So having looked at the story of Ruth, and as we finished, we've seen the same options ahead of us today. What will you choose? What will we choose? Will we choose to, to be more like the Pharisees who were all important about the law and the rules? Or will we choose to be like Jesus and say, I love I want to be in relationship. Do we follow law or love? Do we follow rights or relationship? Do we go from fear or faith? And will we go from empty to full? Jesus promises fullness of life. The only way we can get to love is through relationship, faith and fruitfulness is when we center everything on Jesus, is when we allow him to be the ruler of our hearts. Because you know what? Without Jesus, we can only try. And the Bible tells me that my best is like filthy rags. So why try so hard when actually we can let him work on us? Why strain and struggle when we can say, Jesus, your will be done. Your kingdom come, not ours, yours. Ruth, the foreigner, the outsider, the nobody became a somebody. Why? Because Boaz was willing to surrender his all. Today, you can go from being a nobody to a somebody because Jesus was willing to surrender his all. The option's clear. Is it too big a risk? Is there a fear that makes you think, but I'm going to lose all this? Well, do you know what? You're going to gain so much more. You're going to gain so much more. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today, we see people wanting to be somebody's through TV or music or social media or reality shows or through being having a position. But the only way we can truly be full is when we allow Jesus to walk across the land of our hearts, and we say, "You can have my sandal." But He gives it you back and says, "You're a son." What is your choice? Maybe you're a Christian this morning. I'm going to invite the band back up. Maybe you're a Christian this morning. Maybe you've um, made that decision. But I want to encourage you that the prayer team are going to be at the back. And the prayer team are there for people who don't know Jesus. The prayer team are there for people who do know Jesus. But we're going to take bread and juice to remember his body and his blood given for us. We're going to remember all that he laid down so that we could be in relationship, so that we could be redeemed. And the reason he did it was that because he first loved us, we can love others. That's what this is about. It's about taking bread to remember his body given, taking juice to remember his his, his blood shed. Why? So that we could be in relationship. If you wanna be in a relationship with Jesus this morning, go and see the prayer team and say, I need to give myself to Jesus. Maybe you've done it before, go and do it again. Maybe you just need prayer for something and you need God to touch your heart. Maybe you're sat like Ruth waiting, unsure, not knowing what's going on. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe there's a bitterness in your heart. This morning, the Bible says we need to be sweet. Because it's through our love that people will see Jesus. So actually, this morning, what option will we choose? We're going to sing a reflective song. If you want to go for prayer, join that reflective song. Go for prayer. The team are going to serve communion while we play just the instrumental side of it. But actually, as you take it, if you are a Christian this morning, we welcome you to do it, is to remember Jesus. To remember Jesus. So if that's you today, and you want to remember Jesus, and what he's done for you, the Bible says that's how we remember him. But also... If there's something that's blocking you this morning, then that's for you to deal with. Actually, for you to say, God, I'll give it up to you. I want to let you walk through the land of my heart. I'm not holding on anything back. We sing a song, holding nothing back. God says this morning, don't hold anything back. Don't be like that guardian redeemer that just wanted the stuff that came with the deal. Let's go for the relationship that brings love. Thanks, Nick.